0: The Business Buzz Podcast. The the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VFM 88.1. My name is Leo Mob Justice Kavaz and I'll be your host on tonight's show. It is our first Business Buzz for uh 2020 and I'm happy to be back in the studio uh simply because, you know, it's been a while. I think our last show was in the first week of uh, about December. Uh, so now we're back for the year. And uh, for today's show, we're going to be having quite an interesting topic, uh, especially for all the small... Uh, small to medium-sized businesses out there. We're going to be talking about uh, entrepreneurial communities. So entrepreneurs face a myriad of challenges and uh, very often there isn't enough support to actually help them uh, navigate some of these challenges. So today we're going to be looking into entrepreneurial communities and their significance in supporting entrepreneurs and startups. We are going to be having quite an interesting show with uh, some uh, learned guests that are going to be guiding us through through this. And we're going to be uh, talking to Nadine Chetty, who is co-founder at Ecom Accounting Solutions, a business accounting firm uh, helping enterprises to keep financial records using technology. And we're going to be also talking to Mahlatsit Tolamo, who is an ecosystem enabler at 22 on Sloan, who will be speaking to us a little bit about uh, entrepreneurship communities and an upcoming event called the Startup Huddle, uh, which will be taking place on the 13th of February, aimed at educating and connecting entrepreneurs. So that's how the show is going to be looking like. On the other side of this, we're also going to be getting into uh, the Business Wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news and then on the other side of this we'll tell you the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. Remember that you can keep in touch with us join in the conversation uh, let us know about the businesses that you have and perhaps some of the communities you've been able to build around your enterprise on Facebook we are FM, that's Voice of and you can also find our other Facebook page that is the Vits Radio Academy on Twitter we're at VioFM and our hashtag is hashtag business Buzz. And then you can also uh, find our podcast on uh, vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So that's it. That's uh, the, that's how the show is looking like. Uh, make sure you don't turn that down. We are here until about 8 p.m. Remember, this is the Business Buzz. Forget what the little birdie told you.
1: Follow us, follow us, follow us at Bow FM and join the conversation. Business
0: Wrap with Ken Sweatnam. It's time for us to get into the Business Wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of uh, the week's uh, uh, top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we are joined uh, by our financial expert. That is Ken Sweatnam. Ken, how are you? I'm
1: very well this evening,
0: and and yourself. I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I'm not sure whether people still say Happy New Year in February, but since it is our first show of the year, thank you so much uh, for joining us once again in 2020.
1: Thank you. It's my pleasure. And as I say, Happy New Year to you and uh, and the people at
0: the station as well. I think uh, just a good point to perhaps start since it is our first uh, show of the year is perhaps to just to give us uh, some highlights, uh, I guess, on your end, on on what's happened since, uh, I guess, the New Year. Because there have been quite a number of things that, um, you know, from uh, business rescues to bailouts to more load shedding, to the rand being affected by the coronavirus. Um, what has stood out for you, I guess, so far in
1: 2020? Well, I, I, you've you, you mentioned the, the, the pertinent points there, and I think as South Africans, uh, the biggest points uh, have been South African Airways and ESCOM, both in the news for mainly the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, South African Airways because of its business rescue, um, a 3.5 billion rand uh, cash injection from the development corporation which is not really what that money's for uh, and then the, the development corporation have said no no they'll get their money back but it'll be repaid by the government which is effectively yours and my tax money so we're we're bailing out saa again and in fact the, the main news headlines they are all around saa rather than escom uh, sa express of course who is linked also a government-run airline has been put into business rescue They they are complaining like mad and they they are going to appeal that ruling and SAA, is, it turns out, are going to scrap all domestic routes apart from the Johannesburg Cape Town route. And it, it just goes on and on. If it was a private business, you would have to say this is a business that is slowly but surely dying. You just wonder where the future of SAA lies. That's the one point. And the other point is ESCOM, ongoing load shedding, ongoing breakdowns, ongoing maintenance. It's the same story we've been hearing now for, for at least the last five years. The only spot of, believe it or not, good news I spotted on the lines earlier today was that Transnet plans to get coal to ESCOM cheaper and faster through delivering more coal through the rail rather than on roads, which is a more expensive way of delivering coal. Um, Transnet, of course, is also an SOE, so I hope this doesn't affect them in any way. But it's a small bit of good news if, if ESCOM is going to get access to cheaper coal and hopefully that will help them a little bit with, with the, the ongoing financial planning.
0: <laughs> um, in terms of, uh, I guess, some of the bigger issues from the year, uh, what do you suspect might be uh, the one or two issues from the ones you've just mentioned, whether it's SAA or ESCOM, that uh, the budget speech, which is uh, are coming up very soon, uh, going to actually focus on?
1: Well, to be honest with you, know, I don't think it's going to be particularly focused on SAA or ESCOM at all. I, I have no doubt they'll be mentioned in the budget speech, but that will not be the focus of the budget speech coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We, we all know the SAA and ESCOM story, and there's not very much our finance minister can say in the budget speech, which is going to change things. Um, his biggest problem uh, is the fact that he that we've got a government running up far too much debt. They are basically spending more than they're earning, and we can all relate to that in our personal capacity. Even if you're not earning enough to cover your, your expenditure, then you are borrowing money to make up the difference. And that is in, unsustainable in the long term. And that's effectively what our government has been doing. It, 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 just to, for a minute, it's a very simple concept. Our, our unemployment is growing, and it's growing rapidly, and at the highest levels in about the last 11 years at the moment. The more people unemployed means less tax collections. I mean, unemployed people don't pay tax. Businesses are not doing well in this economy, so their profits aren't as good. Less tax from them, so there's less collections coming into the fiscus, and the government is bothering to make up the difference. and And that doesn't seem to be stopping. And at the moment, our government interest payments are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, and are becoming a problem for our government. So um, the focus is going to be cutting expenditure in government, and um, it should be interesting to see how he goes about that. And, of course, more tax collections. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see another VAT increase. Uh, We don't want it, but uh, it is a very efficient way of collecting more tax, unfortunately for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, So apart from, I guess, uh, quite quite a dire prediction that we might have, um, an increase in VAT. Uh, just turning to some of the uh, news of the week, uh, I think people are looking a lot just around the coronavirus and all of that. Has that really been something that has affected us economically, or is this something, or is it a global systemic risk that uh, has affected us in any way, or are we just making um, a mountain out of a molehill?
1: Well, the, the markets always tell us a story when it comes to anything, in fact, be it world, uh, we a threat to world peace or World War three, or Donald Trump saying things he shouldn't. And in this case, the coronavirus. So when it first surfaced uh, two or three weeks ago, our markets dropped, not not only the American market, but around the world, and our market followed suit, thinking this may be a huge problem. Well, over the last uh, two or three days, the markets have recovered and recovered well, including our, our local market, which tells us that the market is now discounting the threat of the coronavirus. And it may not be the threat that it was possibly counted to be in the first instance. Yes, it's not good. We, we've, uh, I don't know the figures off the top of my head. We've had about 200 deaths, I think, and, and a couple of thousand people around the world infected. Yep. It does seem to be contained in China. I know there's a cruise ship off the coast of Japan that (laughs) that has somehow got the virus in there. There's been two or three suspected cases in Botswana of all places from Chinese coming into the country. But when you consider the seven billion people on the planet, it is a very, very small proportion. And I think the markets are now discounting that this will become the epidemic that it may be of threatened to be because markets around the world have have recovered and recovered well. In fact, the Japan index was up over 2% yesterday. Our market has followed suit up nearly 2% yesterday, up again very slightly today. So the markets
0: seem to be discounting it as a threat. But it's still there, and we do need to be aware of it, Okay. So that's been us with Ken Swetanem. He's talking about the fact that um, the upcoming budget speech might not uh, necessarily focus on SAA and ESCOM. uh, They'll definitely be mentioned, but there are uh, a lot of fish to fry. And he's also saying that we might see uh, an increase in VAT at least uh, as as an efficient way to be uh, collecting taxes um, for the fiscus. Another issue is uh, the coronavirus which uh, started out uh, in China and spread other parts of the world and he was just highlighting the fact that the markets did initially react but so far uh, this week the markets seem to have recovered uh, meaning that uh, they've priced in the risk and uh, for now it doesn't seem as if the markets are taking this as a very very serious issue. So that's been it in terms of the business wrap on the other side of this, we get into the Buffalo Index. The Buffalo Index on, on the Business Buzz. Bus. It's time for us to tell you the state of your 100 rand on our Buffalo Index. And for today, we you know, when you are a business owner trying to start a business, um, one of the issues uh, that there is if you don't know how to start a business or if you don't know how to grow the business, um, where can you get the best advice? And in trying to find the best advice, the real question is how much does it cost to get the best advice to get your business off the ground? So for today's Buffalo Index, we're looking at uh, small business consulting fees. And right now, it looks like uh, the average price is uh, starting at around 250 rand or two and a half buffalos uh, for an interim consultant that's uh, working on an operational level. To about uh, 14 buffaloes, that's 1,400 rand, or you know, or more per month for a consultant from a leading strategy consulting firm. As uh, some of the highest rates in consulting are charged uh, by global strategy consulting firms such as your uh, McKinseys and uh, the Boston Consulting Group, together with Bain and Company. But in the mid uh, mid-range fee market, uh, you kind of see is populated by um, some of the some of the more uh, mid-tier firms Uh, but for small businesses in particular if you're interested in getting the best advice and you want uh, some not even advice some advice and also help with putting together certain documents at the hourly business consulting rate um, I guess I wanted to look at it uh, from an international point of view just to see where South Africa uh, sort of gauges itself and at the moment hourly business consulting rates are sitting at around 1,800 then, that's 18 buffaloes business plans. If you want like a really good, excellent business plan that you can take to a funder, um, you are paying on average about uh, 60 buffaloes. If you want market research plans, you've got that brilliant idea but you now want to know whether it's going to be feasible or not. You're looking at about uh, 45 buffaloes, that's for 4,500 grand. If you want some financial projections, um, yeah, that's around uh, 8 buffaloes or 800 grand. Uh, maybe an executive sum uh, just uh, that uh, high level uh, sort of summary, you're looking at around nine buffaloes or 900 rand. And then ongoing consulting services um, that's uh, having a consultant on tap uh, that's around, uh, that's uh, on average um, for people that can really afford it, that can set you back uh, around 370 buffaloes or 37,000 rand. So if you want some of the best business advice in the world, and uh, money is no expense. That's uh, that's what it's costing. But for some of the small businesses out there, uh, we are going to be talking to some people uh, on the other side of this just around some of the support you can um, build for yourself, especially when it comes to building communities and perhaps um, leveraging the different expertise that other people have. So that's what we're going to be talking about on the other side of this in our main topic.
2: More Justice
0: on the Business bars. It is the Business Buzz right here on VowFM 88.1. Remember that you can keep in touch with us. Uh, we are VowFM, that's Voice of Vits on Facebook. Our other, our other page is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're ha- um, hashtag Business Buzz. And then our handle is at VowFM. So many local entrepreneurs actually remain challenged by a number of common barriers uh, to entry, such as access to markets and funding, uh, as well as other developmental are uh, trying to find other developmental opportunities. So today we're going to be focusing on the benefits and importance of building support systems and communities around your business. And to start things off, is uh, it's an interesting one because I think this is an area that a lot of uh, small businesses um, actually struggle with and that is you know, keeping a good set of financial records uh, because these are very important when you're applying for a loan, when you're trying to get funding, uh, when people are trying to invest in your business. They want to know what are you doing. And it's just good as well, just so that you practice some discipline. And on the line, we are joined by Nadine Chetty, who is uh, the co-founder of Ecom Accounting Solutions, uh, which is a business accounting firm uh, helping enterprises to keep financial records using technology, as well as a QuickBooks trainer. Nadine, how are you?
3: Very well, thanks. And yourself?
0: I'm fine, thank you. Um, I guess just for our listeners' benefit, uh, what are you guys doing at Ecom Accounting? And uh, what, uh, what, uh, what is the actual speciality and how does that relate to small businesses?
3: So we, at the heart of our business, is startups. We yeah. ourselves started up as a startup, so we know the struggles. Uh, we just want to equip the small business owner with, a, with as much tools and knowledge that he or she can utilize these tools to grow their business, manage their compliance, and overall um, be happy with the way their business is functioning.
0: Now, one of the tools that you guys are using is uh, is QuickBooks. And I also understand you guys as uh, in terms of the different accounting solutions. So for people that may have businesses out there and they're saying to and they're saying, Nadine, but I'm just a small business. Um, I don't have money to to pay for this um, software or, or this accounting package, something like QuickBooks. What do you say mm. to people like that?
3: So I would say as a small business owner, yes, you count every cent that you can because you're trying to maximize your profits. But in saying that, you need a specific tool that can actually help you maximize your profits, see where your expenses are going, um, see how much money you're making, how much of money is outstanding. And this is where QuickBooks Online is such a great tool. Not only is it super cost effective, it is so user-friendly, there's a mobile app, so Uh, young people like myself um, who are always on our phones, it makes it so great to run your business because it's at the touch of your mobile phone.
0: Now, I I think... Because I understand you yourself are like 26, but for what about yeah. someone who's uh, perhaps um, or the older generations that really didn't grow up with the smartphone? Um, have mm. you had any challenges um, perhaps interacting with people there to say, uh, trying to advocate for the importance of using technology in keeping accounting mm. records?
3: So I actually have a wonderful story of one of our clients. Yeah. He's actually a 75-year-old man, um, and he runs his business through his mobile phone. He oh, uses wow. TikTok online. He does all his invoicing on there. It's actually easier for him to just touch a few buttons on his phone and send out the invoices, and he sends them out through WhatsApp. So it's it, what the technology and the communication that everyone uses, and that's what's so great about QuickBooks Online is that you can actually share your invoices through WhatsApp. So even if you don't have an email account, or uh, let's say you're not the fondest of email as maybe some of the older generation aren't, um, you always are communicating via WhatsApp because most of them speak to their children on WhatsApp, Um So it's a good way to still be able to run your business. Uh, But I always have a conversation with uh, people and say, where do you find it easier to work on? Are you mainly at a computer? Then by all means, let's get you on the QuickBooks Online solution. As I said, it's cloud-based. So you can access it anywhere, anytime. So you could be sitting in Mauritius um, or Mozambique or somewhere where there's an internet uh, connection and you can run your business. So there's no constraint of you being physically stuck in an office. Um, And this is great for people who aren't office-based.
0: So for that, you are an accountant yourself, and now you're talking about this uh, this man, 75 years old, he's running his business, he's able to share his invoices and the like uh, via the WhatsApps. Is there still a place for um, small business owners to be consulting, like a an actual accountant, like a like a like a like a person in real life, or um, have we moved past that? Is there still a place in the small business sector for accountants to come in and actually offer some of that advice? So
3: definitely, I think the first thing. Uh, why it's important to speak to an accountant or a professional in the finance industry um, is because they need to advise you on which is the right tools to suit your business. Not only that, um, an accounting professional is obviously equipped to handle your taxes and your compliance-related things uh, in which you need um, a professional to assist you with. And with that, um, we ourselves are moving into more of an advisory role with our clients. Because of some of the stuff is automated, We now sit and have conversations with our clients to say, this is where you're spending a lot of money. This is where you're not making money. These product lines are the most profitable. And only using QuickBooks Online as a technology are you able to get these key insights and analytics to help your client grow and not fall in this economy.
0: Mm. And and I guess a follow-up from that is... Do you what type of conversations uh, are you having? I guess as an as, as an accountant, and you've got this technology. What type of conversations are you having? What type of challenges are small business owners raising with you that you find are are commonly tripping up people?
3: Mm. So one of the major, major things, I think that not even small business owners, I think the entire world is facing is cash flow problems. We always are spending, even in our own personal lives, yeah. we're always spending more than what we have, or we we are spending more than we think we have, or however it may be. So we have the conversation on, let's go into a budgeting, let's form a budget, let's manage your cash flow. Let's say, okay, so you know at the end of the month, you're going to get in 50000 per se but you're going to have to pay out 100000 So in the month before, you need to keep a reserve of so much or you need to do some advertising um, to gain your sales to match your expenses. So we really help and educate the clients because clients are there, entrepreneurs are there to run what they're good at, to yeah. run their businesses, be it um, a retail store, be it uh, a plumber or uh, IT specialist. They know what they know. We are not going to go in there and try and tell them how to do gardening, per se. But we are there to help them and say, you know what? In this way, I think maybe we need to have a conversation with your bank to say that maybe we need to look at the bank charges. Or maybe this is not the right bank for you as their fee structure is different. Um, so conversations like that, just to just to have an, an I can tell you this now. Once you start the conversation, you see all the frustrations and the problems and the pain points come out. And once you find those problems and pain points, it's so much easier to try and find solutions around it.
0: Now, in finding those solutions, uh, one of the things that I think some of the listeners uh, might be then wondering is, is it, is a person ever making too little money as a small business to have to have financial records
3: you unfortunately in this country you live in you always always have to have financial records whether you are operating on the sideline and still have your current job it is an utmost importance to have financial records and to keep them in a safe place because as we know, SARS wants your records going five years, ten years back. So it's so important to have a cloud system that can hold all your information for you. You're not going to lose it if theft happens or, or some unforeseen circumstance um, that you have this information to report. Because compliance is becoming ever more important in this country, especially with all the the issues we've had. So the SARS and the, the industries are going very hard and even the small guys. I mean, we have clients who have two customers, but they they still realize the importance. And remember, you always start as small, but the sky's the limit (laughs) in a a small business. You should never think of yourself as you're going to stay small.
0: Yeah. Now, on that is... uh what would you advise as, uh, I guess, some core financial uh, records just to keep? Let's say the most basic and stripped down form of financial records that you would advise uh, people to actually keep. Someone might be saying, but Nadine, I know nothing about accounting. I know nothing about cash flow statements, balance sheets, uh, reconciliations and the like, but they are keen to keep a record of some sort. So how would you advise maybe give uh, just a basic structure of maybe the most basic financial records that a person can can keep for themselves and then those can then be passed on to someone else to do something bigger with?
3: Mm. So I think obviously if your company is registered, which I do suggest, uh, you need to keep those documents very safe because that's basically um, the founding documents of your business. It's also very important to register a business because of your name. Let's, for instance, say, say you think of the most brilliant name ever. Um, but if you don't register it, someone else can steal that name from you and then you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, so keeping registering your company, keeping those documents very safe mm-hmm. is very important. And then I also think if you are not opting to go into accounting system, which I don't think is, is super necessary because on QuickBooks Online, uh, a starting package is about 100 grand a month. Yeah. Um, so if you can't really afford that, let's say for some weird instance that you really don't want to go for an accounting software, I think the best is to keep all your slips of all your expenses as well as your bank statements and obviously the invoices that you send out to clients. So those are basically around about the the most necessary information that you have to keep for if you go to um, an accountant or tax preparer um, at the end of the financial year
0: okay and then the last question is just around one of our focuses on today's show is uh building communities around um entrepreneurs uh, building communities around each other um have you found that to be something that perhaps works uh for people that might not necessarily be able to let's say um afford a financial professional if uh I sell, I sell bread, and my friend sells sweets. But my friend, who sells sweets, happens to know how to do uh, some basic income and expenditure type of records. Have you found that having that, uh, buildings those type of communities helps people, at least, uh, um, uh, being accountable for themselves?
3: Yes, definitely. I think wherever you want to start, wherever you can start, is so important. I mean, even with us and our our business. Um we have almost um, a little community with our clients. So let's say a client comes to us and say, Nadine, we need, um, do you know of anyone who does um, legal services? And then we would um, refer one of our clients and vice versa. Yeah. So you build your communities and they grow and they grow. And always having someone with a financial background, um, yes, they can't compile financial statements for you, but if they have some sort of financial knowledge, it is always good to have them close because they can help you to a stage where you are um, able to afford uh, a monthly accounting package.
0: Okay, so that's been it. We were talking uh, to Nadine Chetty uh, and uh, one of the key advices that she's giving is that if you do not have uh, that accounting acumen, you don't uh, can't necessarily afford um, a software package, you can actually uh, make sure you keep your uh, your, your slips, uh, everything that you are spending money on and then you can then pass that on to someone who can prepare uh, some books of accounts for you. In addition, she's also just saying that it's good to have um, some software uh, that you can use. She told the story of a 75-year-old man who is running his business uh, from his mobile phone. So that just shows uh, how technology is changing the way that businesses are running. And lastly, on the issue of communities, uh, she's talking about the fact that people can actually help each other uh, to leverage different skills, uh, different types of business lines just by um, engaging with each other there so that's been it thank you so much that was us with Nadine Chetty who is the co-founder of ecom accounting solutions and uh, she's also a QuickBooks trainer on the other side of this uh, we're going to be chatting to Mahlatse Tolamo uh, just around uh, what the work that they are doing at uh, 22 on Sloan and the ecosystem that they are building there and an upcoming event that they are going to be having just around building these communities around uh, small businesses and enterprises keep it locked. This is the business buzz. you to the business buzz. We are talking about building um, communities. We're talking about uh, building support systems around enterprises and small businesses. And just before the break, we're talking to Nadine Chetty uh, from uh, uh, from eCom Accounting Solutions and a trainer at QuickBooks. And she was telling us about uh, wh- about the importance of keeping uh, financial records in your business and actually uh, leveraging some of the people in your community to help you with that Uh, but right now we want to talk about actually uh, people that are working to build these communities and on the line we are joined by Mahlatse Tolamo who is ecosystem uh, enabler at 22 on Sloan Mahlatse how are you?
3: Um, Hello, Midiwa.
0: How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, For people that might not know 22 on Sloan, you guys are uh, based in Bryanston, and uh, you guys are in incubation. What type of work are you guys uh, doing there, and what's your role? All right. um, So
3: 22 on Sloan is a tech startup campus. So we offer different services. Um, Firstly, we have... Different um, programs which will help um, entrepreneurs reach their end goal. Firstly, we have the incubation, which helps um, companies which have generated less than two hundred million rand, and or um, are in ideation phase. And then, secondly, we have the accelerator program, which helps um, companies that are over two hundred that have generated over two hundred million rand. Um, and then lastly, we have the youth program, which makes us more unique because um, it helps um, um, with um, kids that are 13 to 17 years old. So basically, we are nurturing that entrepreneurship mindset from a very young age.
0: Um, now, I understand that you guys actually have an event that's coming up um, uh, later yeah. this month just around um, building support and actually helping to connect entrepreneurs. Can you just tell us a little bit about this?
3: Okay. okay. So, the event is Startup Huddle. Yeah. So, it's aimless to support local entrepreneurs to perfect their teaching skills and explore solutions to the challenges they face. Um, this program is designed to educate, engage and con- um connect entrepreneurs. Basically, what happens is that um, on a given evening, such as next um, week Thursday, the thirteenth of February, um one startup founder will give a six minute presentation to a diverse audience that can be investors, other entrepreneurship um founders, Um, some community leaders. And each presentation is followed by a 20-minute question and answer. So within this question and answer situation, um, they will huddle and give solutions to that um, challenge that the founder um, came up with. So basically, um, this event is important because it serves as a safe space for entrepreneurs to share and identify challenges that are blocking the programs. Um, The theme for so this startup hurdle, will be um, Youth in Tech. Uh, I mean, like, being an entrepreneur alone is very hard. Imagine as a student. Yeah. So, um, our aim as 22 On Sloan is to, um, is to, uh, um, because the youth is full of potential, we need to help them realize this potential and mold their talent, skills, and ideas with the support structure that we're offering.
0: Um, in building those communities, um, what do you mm-hmm. what would you say are some of the benefits of actually uh, building communities around entrepreneurs? Because um, what I've found with people that start businesses, a lot of them don't want to let go of the control of mm-hmm. their business. So, you know, okay. they hold on to the ideas. Other people, you know, apart from bringing people in, they're also very closed off about the ideas, where they want to go, where they want their business to actually grow and mm-hmm. accelerate to. Um, so how are you guys overcoming some of these things? Um, I mean, like, another
3: um, an event such as Startup Paddle will help um Right now, as an entrepreneur, you might think that your business is reaching um, the best level that it can, right? Because you, we get so caught up in the idea of this business model that we have, forgetting that there might actually be, we might actually realize more goals, we might actually um, have enough money to push this idea um, as further as we can be. Yeah. So... Um, this startup panel, with, with while engaging with other entrepreneurs, you might realize that there are other p- opportunities that you might like, use li- and, and they might help your business grow. So, by networking events are very crucial as an entrepreneur because you get to network and meet people that might actually help your business accelerate. You might they might elevate whatever ideas that you have. I mean, like right now, um, another challenge that most entrepreneurs face is that they don't have contingency planning right now we're moving into the four ir how do you know that your business is well equipped for this um new industry that we're moving in so such communities will help you um grow your business Mm -hmm.
0: okay now I think a lot of people, um, just being in the tech space, for example, there are a lot of different uh, incubation hubs, the accelerators, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, in you guys coming up with your 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 startup huddle, uh, your startup huddle, what makes the program different uh, from other such programs?
3: Okay, so basically, I'm gonna start with um, to Chuan our aim. Our aim is to nurture the entrepreneurial mindset, ensure their sustainability, and explore the development of new industries, right? and to most importantly create jobs in Africa. So, what's different about this startup panel is that we will invite. It, it's more of a. It's not more of a masterclass where we. Bring big intimidating companies in the event, so we bring. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we bring this local entrepreneurs who are just starting their businesses or who have had who have passed the five mark, five year benchmark, so that because they understand each other more, there's less egos in the room. So they better. They, it's a comfort zone, basically. They can speak comfortably about their challenges. They can grow steadily together, unlike when there's a big company we can intimidated that, oh my gosh, IBM is doing this and I'm not doing that. So that's also the problem that entrepreneurs have. They don't monitor their progress appropriately Instead, They monitor themselves against this big company. So we want them to feel comfortable and be confident in their business as they grow because we're trying to create sustainable businesses that will help create jobs and help the South African economy.
0: Um, can you just give our listeners uh, an idea of some of um, the t- the types of tech businesses uh, that you guys have in your environment? Uh, just to give us an idea as well of uh, the type of connections or the type of um, collaborations that are likely to happen uh, from people that do attend uh, the Startup Huddle.
3: Okay, so um, the presenters, the startup co-founders founders that will be presenting during the startup panel is firstly um, Liseidi Mochadivani, who's the co-founder of Campus Connect. Um, actually, this group is from VITS University. They're second year accounting students. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them. So um, the company is aimed at um, tackling problems that students face in South Africa by, by providing free access to animated videos notes, um, summaries, and exempt type, exempt type questions. And then, so, um, the second presenter will be uh, MaxiCash application, um, and the uh, presenter will be Rudy Mokwamo. Yeah. So, MaxiCash app is a virtual um, wallet which allows African diaspora globally to support their families and friends back home. Some of its features are sending money, buying electronic vouchers. So, what's special about this specific company is that they were amongst the five African startups who were selected to present the migration challenge at Ecuador. So, um, we managed to place these two different startup companies to show the different um, dynamics because these the campus connects are just the young students with students that just started up their companies, and you know, and then the MaxiCash app, they're of well the youth. But they've already achieved so much. So this new company can learn so much from this other company, although both are considered as startups.
0: Okay. Uh and then at twenty John Sloan, um, is there some way you can give us an idea of how uh how big or how many businesses you guys are dealing with at the moment? Uh yeah.
3: Okay. So um other than our programs, yes. we also host games, and we offer co-working spaces. Yeah. So we have our startup companies our and our tenants. So the tenants are people that, companies that don't have offices, so they would like to use our office spaces. Yeah. So with our startups, we have 40-plus startups, and then with our tenants, we have 70 tenants. It's a big campus. It's it's a mini-campus, yeah. so you can understand the entrepreneurial spirit that brews inside that campus. I mean, there's a lot of companies, you can build connections fast. Networking becomes so easy because yeah. there's a diverse um, space of entrepreneurs and sectors.
0: It definitely sounds like there's a lot going on there and uh, quite a Mm -hmm. a great scope of opportunity for people to actually come together and collaborate. Uh, For our listeners uh, who might want to either attend the Startup Huddle uh, or uh, might uh, be interested in the co-working spaces and the like, how can they get in touch with you? Um, So they
3: can go to our website um which is www22 dot or um they can directly contact me. Um uh, my email address is um at twenty two on
0: matlatsi at twenty two on dot co. Yes. Okay, cool. So that's been us with uh, Matlase Tolamo, who is an ecosystem enabler at 22 on Sloan. Uh, just giving us a round-up of um, what the work that they are doing in Bryanston at 22 on Sloan. Uh, they are a uh, campus uh, that is facilitating and housing a number of different technology startups. And she was just telling us the importance of uh, co- people coming together in communities as entrepreneurs so that they can uh, leverage off of each other's skills, bounce off ideas. And she's saying right now the environment that they've created is one where there are, uh, it sounds like there's a lot of different businesses that are there. I think she said there were 40, more than 40 startups uh, that they have in that particular environment. So thank you so much to her. Uh, We're just going to take a quick break and then we'll be back on the other side of this. Your to the business bus. This is the business bus, and we've been talking about building uh, support systems and communities around small businesses in and around South Africa. And but just before we come to the end of this show, uh, I just thought it would be valuable, you know, for us to bring in um, one of our producers. She is our executive producer. This is uh, Glory Mabuza, and uh, in addition uh, to being our producer, she's actually. The, you know doing doing quite impressive work um, out there. Can I call it communications? Oh.
4: No, it's actually a digital consulting, mm. uh, marketing, and branding company. You see,
0: see, there we go. Yeah. We do the things on the business. Side. <laughs> 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 so um, I think we, we've actually chatted a, a lot of times, you know, I guess offline just around the work that you're doing. Uh, but one of the things that I found interesting in talking to Nadine and then talking to Matlatzi is just the fact that people are using communities in different ways mm-hmm. um so my question you know for you has just been how have you been able to i guess build a community around your business and how has that actually helped you to operate
4: um i'll speak from a female entrepreneur's perspective i yeah. think for me most of the challenges that i faced were more women or female orientated so um uh, obviously, gravitate towards finding support systems that would cater for that, yeah. and uh, this was through women's empowerment organisations yeah. and other incubation hubs that specifically support uh, uh, wom- uh, female entrepreneurship. So yeah. that's that's essentially how I that's that's essentially what I I I I, I chose to gravitates toward and yeah, it's it's helped me in such a way that I've been able to um, find ways to address some of the uh, problems that I faced and mm. one of which is like access to funding so yeah, yeah. most businesses would generally want to fund like um not businesses, but investors generally would like to fund, um, more male dominated or male orientated, um, really? uh, businesses. Mm. I, but obviously the, the landscape is changing now okay. that, um, a lot of businesses are gravitating towards empowering women, lifting them up and, 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 and the like. So, yeah um those are some of the challenges that i personally face with my business and these support organizations for example i'll I'll name the business women's organization Mm. um gen beehive have just been there to support um female entrepreneurs like us yeah
0: yeah and then uh lastly in talking to you as well i've sort of begun to appreciate the fact that you've sort of built a community as well, your own community around your own business. Um, Is it hard finding people um, that you can work with, collaborate with? Because I'm sure... When you have a piece of work that needs to be done, you know uh, mm. you, uh, you have you have your standards you have your your own way of you know operating and then bringing uh that community, that uh, maybe someone from outside um to do like a specific thing how have you navigated that
4: it's I won't lie, it's been tough yeah. um Finding, finding people who will align to your business brand is, is very difficult. Yeah. So when you have a support organization, you're able to sort of, it, it, it sort of kind of makes things easier for you in a sense that they would sort of kind of like know what uh, your business needs are. Oh, for okay, example, yeah. um, let's say I'm looking for a photographer that is uh, for an event, for example. Um, I obviously have my standards in terms of quality mm-hmm. and the likes a random person would suggest a friend or someone that pops up at the at the that pops up at the in their minds yeah. first and but if it's a support organization maybe like the bwa for example i know that i am most probably going to get a female photographer mm-hmm. who is more in line with my line of work or yeah. my business values and the likes um, and obviously someone who's accredited, someone who knows how to do their job and so forth. So, it sort of kind of like makes it easier for for me to be able to find and source the relevant people who will uh, add value to what I'm doing mm. as opposed to me getting out there and trying to find the person myself. So, it, it really makes the job easier.
0: It definitely sounds like it. I think the last point is, is it hard to find these support systems?
4: Mm, uh, Personally, I think in the age of social media, it has become easier. Okay. Because you could literally just be scrolling through Twitter and um, an account pops up maybe talking about um, an an upcoming event for female entrepreneurs. So I feel like, social media has made it easier yeah. and also the internet as well yeah. you can literally just google innovation or incubation incubation hubs in johannesburg and your gen beehives and the likes will pop up so i feel like it's it hasn't it's not as difficult as it was before
0: Okay, cool. I hope anyone listening you know, now understands why the Business Bus Show is as good as it is. Uh, that is our executive producer, uh, Glory Mabuza, just telling us about uh, the communities uh, that she's a part of and has been able to build in and around her business. Um, and one of the key takeaways that I found interesting is um, what she's saying about when you're part of a support network or a support structure, uh, the types of people that that support structure are going to suggest to you are likely going to be of uh, higher quality than a random off of the street simply because um, apart from the fact that um it's a support structure they probably have your your best interest at heart so if they suggest using the example that she gave if they su- suggest a photographer someone who's going to be good and she is uh just talking about you know supporting uh fellow female entrepreneurs so that also then ties in and you know you can help each other that way so thank you so much to her uh, for just sharing some of those insights so that's been it for today's show thank you so much to everyone who has Listening, thank you to our guests um, who are part of today's show. Remember that you can continue the conversation on social media. We are VFM uh, or Voice of Viz. Uh, that's our main Facebook page, and you can also find the Vitz Radio Academy Facebook page. And then. Uh on Twitter, it's at VAUFM and then our hashtag is hashtag bus And remember that podcasts of the business bus show are available on vidstorejournalism.co.za uh, forward slash business. So with that, we've reached the end of tonight's show. Thank you so much to our technical producer that is Kotloanu Serame, together with our executive producers that is Simba Honda and Glory Mabuza. Don't miss the business bus, same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. Don't turn that dial the The the, the music keeps rolling uh, right here on Vow FM. We will see you next week. So for myself, Mudia, Mob Justice Kawaza, and the rest of the team, it is good evening and take care. Mob Justice on The Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.